Hello, hello, hello. This is Aaliyah Grace Dean, and you are listening to Psy Grace. Thank you for tuning in to follow my journey. I hope that as you follow me, you're able to gain some insight, and in return, it causes a kickstart of shaping your own reality. Again, thank you so much for tuning in, and we're going to get the podcast rolling right now. Hello, welcome back to this week's podcast. Today I felt like it was a perfect time to discuss personal boundaries. Why is it that it's the perfect time to discuss personal boundaries? Well, have I really have no reason. There really isn't, okay? I just think boundaries is something that we all need. And I think it's a good time whenever to talk about developing, establishing those boundaries for ourselves. Now, this would not be my podcast if I did not start off with a personal experience with the discussion of the week. Personal boundaries are something I never quite acknowledged growing up, or I believed I knew myself enough that I never really said yes to things I did not want to do. However, looking back on it, I'm not entirely sure, you know, during those ages, I had any boundaries set with anyone. Like, I don't think I even established boundaries. I don't think I had those things created for myself. I think I'm better at creating boundaries with myself, right? So I'm not really back then and still kind of now. It's harder for me to make those boundaries with other people, but I can make those boundaries with myself. Like, I have boundaries I expect myself to meet. So why do I bring this up? In your childhood, those are really crucial years to learn boundary setting. And the time that I was talking about before this was, you know, my childhood experience. You know, when you're a child, you learn from your community, family, peers, on how to set boundaries. And oftentimes the things you experience really impact the way you set boundaries throughout your life. For me, boundary setting was quite overshadowed by my family dynamic. And yes, I'm going to bring up my family dynamic a lot throughout my podcast episodes because it has had an impact on who I am today and the changes I'm actively making right now. Being raised in a Caribbean background sometimes come with parenting styles that use a collectivistic lens. With that type of parenting style, a child like me experienced things that I knew were not normal or healthy by any means. So when I bring up that collectivist lens, Caribbean families, um, you know, Middle Eastern, more easternest countries as well a lot of cultures on those regions have a collectivist lens okay so here in america we have more of an individualistic lens you know capitalism all that type of stuff but over different cultures they sometimes view things as collectivists and what do i mean by that i mean that family dynamic is really important you know the culture the community the country is a whole you know they do things for one another not for their own betterment if that makes sense so in the jamaican culture and caribbean cultures a lot you know they have that collectivistic view family is super important you know and so 
in America, it's more so, you know, the individual, but in America, in the other countries, it's the family. So growing up, I was raised by a mother who tended to have a more narcissistic parenting style. Even though I am grateful for the time and effort my mom puts into raising me, it does not take away that her parenting style did not quite suit my needs as a child. Oftentimes, a lot of the attention went to my mother. My physical needs were absolutely met. However, my emotional and mental needs weren't quite met all the time. I felt like the creativity and the authentic personality was often stifled to meet the expectations of my mother. I, of course, defied every single time, though. I still try to be authentically who I was. I believe that response, the response that I was getting, you know, growing up was not an appropriate, rational response that a parent should give to their child. It's just not. Oftentimes, I felt more like the mature adult in the room growing up. This type of parenting style really caused a lot of distress for me growing up and conditioned me that I had to compromise a lot of my boundaries or wants to make my mom happy. This was not something I did willingly. It was more so done to survive. And when I say survive, I do not mean my life was in danger, no. I just mean to get through the day not feeling distressed. Due to my mother's parenting style, I never got to actually practice setting boundaries, communicating my boundaries and having it respected. You know, what were boundaries at this time? My privacy was not respected. My wants were not really heard. I was also living my childhood and even a couple weeks ago, even up till a couple weeks ago, I was compromising my wants and needs to make my mom happy. Because of my boundaries being neglected, I was living a life for someone else. This has created a loose, porous boundary setting type for me. However, this is me acknowledging how I have developed my boundary type. Do I put blame on my, my mother now? No, I do not. All responsibility is on me. As a child, I can't really control much. However, as an adult, I owe that younger child in me that responsibility of making the change today. That change starts with acknowledging the past but no longer putting blame on it. It is easier to blame and not make change than it is to acknowledge and actively work on making that change. So when I mentioned that there, is, there are so many things in the past that can impact your boundary setting, my childhood is an example of how creating boundaries has been difficult for me in my adult years. It's not just the past though. Actually, why don't we start dividing up the subtopics of this discussion right now? And we'll get into a little bit more of that, you know, what has impacted your boundary setting. So the first topic that we're going to get into is the influences on your boundary setting. What has impacted your ability to create boundaries? For me, like I stated earlier, I know where it has stemmed from. Have you ever had the chance to really take the time to think about, you know, how 
Has my boundaries been impacted? What has impacted my boundary setting capabilities? It doesn't have to necessarily be something from your childhood. I just believe childhood is a really great time to learn and instill boundary setting in small ways for children. So when they get older, they have the tools and experience to create boundaries as an adult. But as an adult right now, there may be many facets that influence or impact your ability to make healthy boundaries. It may be specific relationships that you have right now that can be friends, family, significant others, et cetera, et cetera, that really impact your ability to make those healthy boundaries for yourself. You know, it makes it hard. Maybe they're kind of manipulating you in a little bit of a way, or they're kind of like asking you repetitively to do something that you don't really want to do. And it's maybe crossing your boundaries. So there are so many different areas that can be impacting your ability to make healthy boundaries at this moment. Boundaries can also be tested from work too. You may have a boss or had a boss in the past who made you feel like crap for creating boundaries about how long you stayed at work or you did not if you did not pick up extra shifts. I think it is our job to recognize the pattern though, not to place full blame, but to again realize how we have gotten to our current boundary setting. And then that creates how we're going to work through it. So now we're going to move into topic two. And these are the three boundary setting types. In my experience in conducting groups about boundaries, there are three common traits of personal boundaries. The first one that you may find yourself having, mind you, these don't all have to apply to you at once. These can just as can describe traits that you're experiencing due to one or multiple boundary setting types that you might be having. So just listen closely and see if any really resonate with you. It can be one, it can be two, it can be all three, and it can be very situational. So like I was saying before, the first is the rigid boundaries. You may notice in yourself shying away from intimacy or avoiding connections with others. That closeness is really anxiety provoking for you you know that closeness is just like ooh, you're kind of like you don't really want to engage in things that involve that closeness that intimacy with other people this can stem from a fear that you have of losing your independence or feeling like you are being suffocated traits associated with this boundary can result in feeling lonely um, you may be craving those connections. However, you're fear, you're fearing the closeness. So it's literally like a double-edged sword right there. You want closeness, but you're fearing that closeness. You are protecting yourself from that vulnerability, the possibility of being hurt in that loss or rejection. So if you're trying to figure out, you know, do I have more of a rigid boundary setting type? Ask yourself these questions. Are you saying no if the request involves closeness? Do you have few or no close relationships? Do you rarely ask for help? Do you not allow yourself to connect with other people and their problems? So those are just a few questions that you can ask yourself, but also listening to the things that I described before, you know, are you fearing that closeness with people? And do you find yourself kind of shying away from things because it has that closeness element in it? The second type is more loose or porous boundary type. So this is one that I resonate with a lot. 
So when you pick up this boundary setting type, there are some traits that follow along. You may find yourself taking on the emotions and needs of other people. It may be hard for you to identify your own emotions and needs. You know, are you involved in others' lives? Are you people-pleasing? Are you trying to fix other problems with advice often? Are you staying in unhealthy relationships too long? Are you taking on too much work? Are you compromising your values and beliefs in order to please others or to avoid conflict? Are you oversharing your personal information to people you don't quite know well enough yet? Often, your needs are second to everyone else in your life. You may even rely on more of other people's opinions and feelings and ideas more than you do your own. So those are some traits of the loose porous boundary type individuals. And, you know, those are some questions to ask yourself and think, hmm, maybe I do have more of a loose porous boundary setting type. So take a closer listen to that, rewind it and just see if any of those fit you. And then there's the third one, which is the healthy boundary type. And this is where you are able to say no or yes. It's okay when other people say no to you. You know, it's okay when people say no and you're not getting upset. Um, You're not fearing that rejection. You know, that's the rigid type and you're not really feeling highly emotional when someone says no to you. That's the loose type. You want to be in that healthy middle which is it's okay when people say no to you. In your relationships, your relationships, you are able to share that responsibility and power. You appropriately gradually share information. You know your own wants and needs and feelings. You take responsibility for your own happiness and fulfillment. You don't compromise your values to avoid conflict. And so those are, again, some traits of people who have healthy boundary setting types. So this is where you want to be. When we are expressing healthy boundary setting types, these are the traits that you start or you may start seeing in yourself. So this is, this is the area we want to be in. This is the area I want to be in. So then we're going to move into topic three which is all the different types of boundaries that you may want to set with people. All these boundaries at some point, you're gonna have a boundary set for them. So it's important to know the type of boundaries that there are, because at the end of the day, you're going to have, like I said, that boundary in each one. So the first one I'm gonna talk about is your physical boundaries. This is the awareness of what is appropriate and what is not in all different various settings or types of relationships. You know, this is your hugs, the handshakes, the kisses. There are unspoken boundaries everywhere. Here in the USA, you don't go up to someone and give them a kiss on the cheek when you're meeting them for the first time. That is violating someone's boundaries and personal space. However, in another country that is acceptable, you know, there are other countries where you can go up to someone and give them right on the cheek and that's acceptable for them. However, you know, regionally those boundaries change. It's important that if you do not like to be hugged when greeting someone you don't know yet, 
expressing that in an appropriate way is healthy. Okay, don't feel like you have to hug people if you don't really know them and you feel a little bit uncomfortable. Finding a way to communicate that healthily with someone, you know, taking that step back and saying, it's really nice to meet you. I currently don't want to be hugged at this very moment. That does not mean I'm not excited of your presence. It's just a personal boundary that I have currently. So finding unique ways to express that with people is really important. And that's just an example. There's a lot of other physical boundaries that you may have that is waiting to be explored. Then there is the intellectual boundaries. And this is where you have respect for what to say or not say in a conversation. So for example, politics. I have plenty of relationships where I have respectfully stated that politics is off the table. It is not because I am not able to tolerate or understand different views. It's because some individuals are entirely passionate about their views, which I completely applaud. I love the passion. I really do. However, often that may turn into different parties feeling hurt and unheard. So that boundary is set for me. I don't want to hear about it in our conversations. This boundary also entails that you're able to respectfully listen and not belittle someone in a conversation. So those are your intellectual boundaries. Then there are the emotional boundaries. So, you know, this is where you are aware of when you should share and when you should not share personal information. You know when your friend is venting to you about issues, you know, rule of thumb is you shouldn't turn the situation and make it about yourself. And what I mean about that is, you know, have you ever spoken to someone like they're speaking to you and they're venting and then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, like I've been through that too. Let me tell you my story. Yeah, you don't want to do that. You kind of want to give them the respect in your time and your ears during that time. Now, let me clarify. I have been that person, though. I still, to this day, try my best to work on it. My field really emphasizes that we are client-focused, so I'm constantly practicing that skill. Therefore, my the therapist, me, when I am a therapist, should not be telling their personal stories during that hour that they are with their client. So becoming aware, if you do that to people, or you find others doing that to you, being aware of that and acknowledging that is really important. And if you have a therapist who does that, we're gonna, we'll chat about that later because really it's about you during that hour. It's not about your therapist. Another thing about emotional boundaries is, you know, like I said before, you wanna be aware of how much you're sharing. When you meet someone like on a date, you don't spill your entire history out to that person. Maybe you gradually give them some information and wait till the next day to give them a little bit more information, you know, so kind of understanding that boundary in a set for yourself and other people, what feels good and how much information you should be sharing about your personal information and your personal life. So when our emotional boundaries cross, that's when you are criticized for your emotions or the things that you're expressing to someone, you're belittled or invalidated about your feelings. So emotional boundaries, again, those were only some examples I gave you, but it can be a 
ton of things in that emotionally emotional boundary um, category. So again, getting to explore that is the fun part. You know, what are your emotional boundaries for yourself and other people? Then you have your sexual boundaries. So this is the mutual understanding and respect of the limitations that you have sexually. This can be violated when someone touches you when you did not want to be touched or you're pressured into sexual acts or sexual comments made to you. So being aware of that is so important because again, sometimes we're not even aware of the sexual boundaries that are being crossed. It feels uncomfortable, but again, we're not realizing that that's a boundary. And then material boundaries. So this is your money and possessions. It's setting those limits on what you share. That is the healthy part of that boundary. An example is that you may not want to lend your car to someone you just met this morning. However, lending it to a family member is a bit more reasonable, depending on the family member, though. This boundary is violated when someone steals from you, damages your possessions, or when you feel pressured to lend and give your possessions. So again, my example, in a sense, was to give to you that boundary that you should set with yourself. You know, okay, I'm not going to give my car to someone random, but I may give it to a family member that I trust. And then when are your boundaries violated? So understanding, okay, that's a boundary I set with myself about lending my car. So when are my when are my other boundaries violated as well? And then your time boundaries. So this is how you use your time. Developing time for you for you or certain facets of your life is really important. That includes family, hobbies, work, relationship, etc. This is violated when someone is asking too much of your time. You know, let's say you love spending time with your family. You make a boundary saying, I am going to be done with work exactly at 4 p.m. That's a boundary you're setting with yourself and also your employers. So I'm done at 4. I'm going to go home because I want to spend the rest of the evening with my family. That's a healthy boundary. Where it doesn't become healthy is when you want to spend time with your family, but it's kind of getting, you're spending more time at work now. You're giving more of your time away. That's not a boundary you want to be in that you want to be engaging. And that's more of a loose boundary, you know? So again, time, your time is something that you should consider as well when creating boundaries. All this information, again, is from therapistaid.com. That's where I get my information to run my groups. And I kind of make a little bit of a spin on it to give you guys a little bit more information. All right. So now we're going to move into topic four, which is how do we start setting boundaries? We talked about all the things that make up boundaries. Now, how do we set them? So where do we start when it comes to making our boundaries? The first important place to look is your values. You know, those are things that are important to you. And so, like I said earlier, spending time with your family is important. Setting those firm boundaries, you know, about working late is something that you may want to consider. So again, kind of taking that time because boundaries aren't really something that 
can just be whimmed up like that. You know, you really want to take that time and consider, okay, what is important to me? What are my values? So why is this important? Because, you know, you want to know your boundaries before entering a situation. This will make it less likely that you'll do something that you're not comfortable with. So taking that time again to really sit down and analyzing what are the values that I have. So now you're kind of wondering, what do I say when I want to communicate my boundaries? You know, not everyone can just say flat out no. And I get that. So here are some ways that you can say no without saying no. The first one is, I'm not comfortable with this. Another one is, please don't do that. Or you can say, not at this time. There's other ones like, I can't do that for you. This doesn't work for me. I've decided not to. This is not acceptable. I'm drawing the line at, and last, I don't want to do that. So those are some other ways that you can clearly express your boundaries without saying the hard and ooh. So keep that in mind when you want to say your boundaries. Sometimes boundaries are hard to be said or met because it's hard to say no to people. So finding ways to communicate that's really important. So what to do when it is time to set those boundaries and communicate with them? The first thing is you want to use confident body language. So face the other person, make eye contact, and use a steady tone of voice and an appropriate volume. So you really want to look at them. You know, you don't want to be too quiet, but you also don't want to be too loud. Be respectful. Avoid yelling or using put downs or giving the silent treatment. It's okay to be firm, but your message will be better received if you are respectful. Plan ahead. So think about what you want to say and how you will say it before entering a difficult discussion. You know, this can help you feel more confident about your position. And I do this constantly. I find myself in a shower, like having a whole conversation with myself that I'm going to have with another person later on. So it's okay to have those conversations with yourself and kind of plan out what you want to say. And compromise. When appropriate, listen and consider the needs of the other person. You never have to compromise, but give and take is part of any healthy relationship. So if you're able to compromise for something, kind of look if you can. But if it makes you uncomfortable, it really goes against your boundary. Again, it's okay to say no. So those were some really basic different steps or I wouldn't even call them steps, tips on, you know, when you want to create a boundary, how to start creating one and then kind of how to do it and proceed with executing the boundary that you have and communicating it. So then I'm going to break it up a little bit further for you guys. So your step one is to grow that self-awareness. So that was, again, when I mentioned that value, figuring out what that value is for you. So some people like to actually write this physically down. And I know in my group, I have people write this down. And that's where you're going to look at, you know, kind of you're going to number your page and you're going to put some values that you have or, you know, some things that just really upset you or things that you just don't like. So the first example is, you know, You can put number one and say, people may not, and then have just a blank line. 
So an example is people may not humiliate me in front of others. People may not criticize me. People may not go through my personal things. And another one is number two now, and this is another boundary that you can have, which is I have the right to ask for, and then again, that blank line. And examples of that is I have the right to ask for privacy. I have the right to ask for more information about medication before taking it. I have the right to ask for support. And another one to help you create a boundary is, you know, number three, it can be to protect my time and energy. It is okay to, again, that blank line and examples of those is to protect my time and energy. It's okay to change my mind to protect my time and energy. It's okay to turn the ringer off my phone. And to protect my time and energy, it's okay to say no. And I want to discuss that a little bit more because while running group, I had some really great kind of feedback from a lot of group members. And there are some boundaries that they have set or kind of feel iffy about. The first one I want to talk about is, you know, changing your mind. It's okay if you said yes to something first to change your mind, okay? If it's something that causes you uh, discomfort or you know you really don't wanna do it, it's okay to say no. And I'm giving you permission to say no. I understand, you know, you want to keep that yes. You wanna deliver on what you said, but if it's not gonna promote anything for you and it really is just gonna drag you down, it's okay to change your mind. Another one, a feedback that I got from a group member is she, I thought this was really cool. She really communicates with her friends on a sense that like, you know, they know she has a certain bedtime. And I think my friends were like this too back in college, but they know she has a certain bedtime, her, her, her friends, her employers, and she completely turns off her phone by like 10 o'clock. So anything work related, If you're trying to call her, it's off, you know? She's setting that physical boundary. She's turning off the phone so she's not one, tempted to answer, but two, um, she's just letting other people know that like, hey, my phone's off by 10. I'm in bed, I need to get my sleep. That's what I need for me to be productive. So again, I thought that was so amazing because she really, even though she's not physically saying no, she's had it, she's explained it to people before, but if they continue trying it, like they're only going to reach her voicemail, which I thought was really interesting of her. So then we're going to move into our step two. So this is setting your boundaries. You know, you want to be sure to have support in place before and after each conversation. So if you can't find an immediate family or friend um, who can support you, you know, maybe being able to find a friend online, you know, on social media or find a distress, um, call a local distress hotline to really communicate with. Because you do need that support if you're creating boundaries and especially if it's a really, really difficult boundary that you're setting. Vent any strong emotions with your partner or other supports before having your boundary conversation. So sometimes when we're creating those boundaries, we have a lot of emotion tied to it. So it's really important that we're able to separate the two, you know, express the emotions, express and talk about it, and then create that boundary 
later on or a little bit after but you don't want to go in with that boundary setting with a lot of emotion unexpressed and then you want to use simple and direct language so you know if you want to set a boundary with someone who's angry you can say you may not yell at me if you continue i'll have to leave the room that's okay to leave the room if someone's yelling at you and they're not allowing you to speak and they're really irate. That's protecting you and also allowing time for the situation to diffuse. Now, if you want to set boundaries with, you know, personal phone calls at work, you can say, I've decided to take all personal calls in the evening in order to get my work done. I will need to call you later. Again, that's completely fine to set that boundary for yourself. That's something that you need for yourself to be ordered to be productive in the work that you do. And then if you want to like back out of the commitment, you know, that, that you said yes to something before and now you kind of want to say no, you can say something along the lines of saying, I know I agreed to head up um, our fundraising efforts, but after reviewing my schedule, I now realize that I won't be able to give it my best attention. I'd like to help find a replacement by the end of the next week. No, that's again, that kind of that work situation. And then to set a boundary with someone who borrows money or an adult child who borrows money, it won't, you can say something along the lines like, I won't be lending you money anymore. I love you and you need to take responsibility for yourself. So when you say things like that and you start communicating those boundaries with people, there is no need to defend, debate, or overexplain your feelings, okay? You want to be firm, gracious, and direct, okay? If someone's not listening to your boundaries, Restate it again, but if they're still not listening, you're still getting angry, creating another boundary and saying, you know what? Clearly at this time, it's not the best time to talk about our boundaries and the boundaries that I want to have set right now. So I'm going to take a step back. You know, I'm going to, we're going to just leave this conversation here. Maybe we'll come back to it and discuss it when we're both feeling less emotional about it. And then your last thing you really want to do is back up your boundary with action. Stay strong. If you give in, you invite people to ignore your needs. So stay strong in your boundaries. You know, I know it's really hard sometimes to keep them. It's really hard to keep saying no. But once we start saying yes again, if we're crossing our boundaries and we're not respecting our own boundaries, it's a lot easier for people to start disrespecting our boundaries again. So we want to keep that practice up. Those are some tips that I wanted to really share with you guys. Again, I really wanted to take this boundary setting really seriously because I know it's something that one eye sometimes struggle with and I know a lot of people do so I really wanted to give you the best information that I can and I wanted to give you the information that I often conduct in my group settings so one thing I really want to remind everyone is that you are not responsible for the other person's reaction to the boundary you are setting you're only responsible for communicating your boundary in a respectful manner okay so please understand that if someone gets mad at you 
if someone's upset with the boundary that you're setting, it does not speak anything on you. It speaks volumes on that person. And we can only control how we react. We can't control how others react, okay? So understand that your boundaries, they're important to you. Please, please, please just consider, you know, how am I, how are my boundaries being met? And are my boundaries being met? What type of boundary set, like type do I have? So just being aware of that is really crucial when we want to start working on our boundaries. On that note, thank you so much again for listening to my new podcast episode. You know I release them every Wednesday. So if you want to have more information about boundary setting or just want to kind of catch up on some other discussions um, or past episodes, please go to my Instagram, side underscore grace, and as my official podcast Instagram. That is where you can find more detail about the podcast that we have each week and also all the links to all my past episodes as well. Leave a review. Share this with a friend, a family member. You know, we all, boundaries is so important. We all need a lesson in them sometimes. So please do not be afraid to share it with your friends and family. Leave a review, share it on your stories if you like. I'm really happy with what I do. I love making this podcast each week. And I love having all you guys here. I'm really grateful. So on that note, like I said before, thank you so much for listening this week. You are listening to Side Grace. My name is Leah Grace Steen, and I can't wait for you to hear next week's episode. Goodbye.